why party at the end of the week or we can party on a Sunday, Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Party on a Podcast with yours truly, Mark. That's M-A-R-K apostrophe D. I have a special guest with me tonight. We have a special guest every every interview. But this one uh, touches a little closer to home. I met this dude 10 plus, ma- 10 plus years ago. Yeah. And uh, been chatting ever since. Friendship's only grown. And I mean, we touch base every now and again, but we always... Keep each other in our back pockets, kind of deal when it needs when we need to talk about stuff. Uh, the homie Chris Searle is in the building. Bless, bless. And uh, thank you, my friend. We're here to just chat a little bit about him and uh, find out what he's all about. Because maybe some of my fans don't know who he is, but you'll find out. This guy knows music, you know, sports. He's got a dope home life, but uh, we'll dive into that uh, as the interview goes on. So without further ado, Chris Searle. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Take two. Yeah. Oh, let's not eat. Okay. For those that don't know, we literally tried this interview two a uh, week ago, and the whole interview crashed because of an unfortunate need to go to the restroom. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it allowed us to touch base again, mm-hmm. do this all over again. We had a... The irony is that we're probably going to do this in half the amount of time because we did a two, basically a two-hour interview last week that we lost the entire audio. I lost the entire audio for. But uh, we'll give you guys a little bit more tonight in more of a condensed version so you don't have to tune in for two whole hours or two <laughs> different parts of an interview. So with that being said, let's touch on what I said. We met 10-plus years ago. Yeah, yeah. In your recollection... Tell the story. Oh, man. Uh, you were at Memorial University. Yeah. Correct? Yes, that's what it was. Yep. I almost forgot the name of the school. That's terrible. <laughs> right off the bat. Brain's gone. Yeah, um, yeah. My girlfriend was going there at the time, and there was a beer pong slash poker slash everything going on. It wasn't like a frosh week thing, but it was like you guys had no, houses was, uh, or something. Like, Well, I mean, at, that, at the university bar, they mm-hmm. do every Tuesday night was beer pong Okay. Night. Okay. And I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah. And like you guys had houses or like different dorms, yeah, different uh, teams. residences. Yeah, that's what it was. Residences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the word. But uh, but yeah, no. We, the the beer pong was more of like an open session thing, and my girlfriend was supposed to be my teammate. It wasn't why I flew up to Newfoundland, but you know it was one of the things I was looking forward to. Yeah. And uh, her friend got mad that she wasn't her partner for the tournament, so I had no partner and wanted to get drunk. So. Me and this guy both ended up not having a partner and dope. teamed up. Yep. And I think we finished third or fourth in the tournament. That's pretty hype. Like it was I don't really... recall only because <laughs> of the amount of alcohol that was consumed during the night, but I don't, we did I, well. It, I know we did well. I, 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 actually, I actually remember, I didn't talk about this last time, there was one shot, like you missed the shot, it hit the rim on one cup, and yeah. the guy went to like grab it to be smart. And, and knocked he, like, over. He kind of, it kind of like, Brush the top of his hand, boop, right back into the yeah. cup. I remember there was like so many people watching us too because <laughs> we were both loaded, and that game had to have taken like it was. A, it was an a hour. good night though. Oh I mean, man, the day. Well, day. I just <laughs> I just never anticipated to actually. I, I I always go into beer pong thinking I'm I'm playing well, but then we actually came into it and we were playing well. We were playing great out of nowhere, and it was a great. 
experience. For those that don't know, Jeffrey is in the building. <laughs> I was going to introduce him Just being him the too, goofy dude that he is. This is your show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just a side note, of course, he'll be chiming in left, right, and center, which is completely fine seeing as how he is the residence of Party on a Podcast for the time being. And... Uh, yeah, but yes, no. It's been it was a dope. It was a dope night for sure, and oh, I mean, was. it started I started a dope friendship, and uh, we've touched base ever since. Uh, we never made music together, which is wild because I think <laughs> you've asked me probably a half a dozen times. I think when I was Over doing my course. thing, I asked you probably two or three times. And I just think we missed paths at some point. It happened so many times. Just never linked up. Yeah. Yeah, it happened so many times. It wasn't though. meant to be, I guess. I think it's like the, the only thing I regret about music, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, is the collaborations I didn't do. You know, yeah, it, you now it's a lot that. more simple to collab, but it was really easy even then. We just never really realized. Nobody had as much granted. ego as they do now. Yeah, that's true too. That's very true. There's actually. a lot of people point. with ego. Jeffrey's got a lot of ego. <laughs> got a lot. See, I needed I needed somebody like a Jeffrey when I was rapping because we were always missing. The the singer. Not saying you can't sing because you can sing, but yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. You know, oh, Jeffrey. Definitely. Jeffrey. But I mean, the soul. When it comes to Jeff, he's got melodies that you wouldn't expect to come in on certain the songs. Soul, man. You're right. the The collaboration aspect nowadays is probably a little tougher, only because you need the right fit for songs, oh, okay, or you okay. need the right artist that will fill that void. I guess that that the song that you're looking for needs. Because, I mean, I usually go to features when I try and write another verse for a song and I can't come up with something that's as good as the first verse that I wrote for it. Mm. Therefore, I, f I feel like somebody else can come in with another perspective and bring a a either another side to it, another perspective to it, or just bring the energy that the track lacks with, with just one verse. Mm. So... Perspective, I like that out of nowhere. That was that was. We're already off to like a a, a much more intricate, deeper yeah. start with this podcast like this. than the one like that this. didn't happen. This is good, man. I like this. Oh, man. so I hate that process though. Writing before we like get into your. Oh I, yeah. I used to hate writing. I loved it. I loved I loved writing when I didn't have the pressure of recording after yeah. writing. Right. Hated writing when I was in the studio. Hated it. I don't like record. I I, I don't like. Although we're kind of like the setup that we have here. We write and record here. Mm -hmm. So it's a different vibe. But like when you're actually in like a studio setting, I hate writing there because it's a pressure that, that I feel like the songwriting process doesn't need mm -hmm. or it kind of hinders to the writing process. Yeah. And it's good background noise. I was, ex <laughs> I was expect I love, I love the pressure. You do? I, yeah, the pressure is what I think the pressure helps a lot. Because, like, when you have that pressure, it's, like, the ideas that you think are good enough. Kind of forced to think. You force them out just yeah, to have I guess something. So. And sometimes it becomes, you know, the best thing you ever wrote. Yeah, I guess that makes True. sense. I guess that makes sense. I like that perspective. I mean, we'll come back to the word perspective. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of my favorite words in, in and the it, I mean, it, it. Perspective. He's definitely right. Because, I mean, you're given a chance with, a like, a... Not necessarily an A-list artist, but a chance to work, I guess, for lack of, of better examples, Classified gives you a shot, and he brings you into his studio. He tells, plays a beat for you. He tells you, write to this. We will record it right now. 
and I'll I'll put my name on that track. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean around here that's where that pressure would kind of make sense, but like I guess when it comes to features that are higher than yourself or I guess in not in, in status kind of but as far as like artist levels go, I feel like if you're in a studio setting with those kind of artists you're kind of forced to either step up your game or step down. Mm, mm. And I kind of like that perspective. Yeah, <laughs> the metaphors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes down to it, I, I usually do these interviews with like a background dive into uh, where it all started, like where like your origin story when it comes to music. But you're more than just a musician or an artist. So I guess where does the passion really come from that you do the things that you do like you're emotionally invested in sports for sure oh, too much <laughs> and like you always have had that music in you obviously yeah and uh just where where do you seem like you find the energy to keep doing it i guess like where does that begin well Honestly, when it comes to, I guess we'll start with music. Musically, I found out, and, and I, we talked about this last time, during COVID, music never stops. True. And, and I realized the value of music and how important it was in my life when sports stopped. Because right. when this virus decided to shut the world down, it literally took away the one thing that I never thought would ever stop, and that was sports. So I realized that... Sports, as, as, as emotionally invested as I get into, especially soccer, um, but okay. all sports, it's, it's kind of silly when you could use that investment in something that's a lot more concrete. And, and I, I remember talking to you before about you know, the type of music I listen to, and I'm sure we're going to get into that later. You know, I, I listen to music that's timeless, I find, because it's, it reminds me of times in life where I was happier. Right. And, and I find that it gives me... Kind of that motivation that everybody, you know, there's certain songs you listen to at the gym when you go for a, pardon me, when you go for a walk, there's, there's certain songs that remind you of your wedding day or, you know, there's certain, certain playlists that you have in the car and whatever else. Like music is a soundtrack legitimately. It, it's a background. It's a heartbeat. So I've I referenced get, that before. Yeah. So, so th there you go. So like I, to kind of answer your question, I hope I'm answering your question. Um, I'm more or less motivated to pass on my interests to my son. Right. Um, once I had a son, it kind of changed my whole perspective on everything. Like sports is silly. He was born March, April, May, a few months after the Super Bowl. When, uh, my Falcons decided to. That's a reference right there. That's paying attention to when the Super Bowl was compared to when he was actually born. But this is it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the Super Bowl 51, for those of you who don't know, I am a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan, unfortunately. And. That was supposed to be our finest hour, and it was. Um, well, it was the finest 58 minutes. Uh, <laughs> it really was. Uh, it, was, it, was uh, it, was uh, it was an amazing lead-up. It was an amazing night. Um, and it was an amazing night because even you know, with the heartbreak that occurred, seeing somebody like Tom Brady do what he did was just, I mean, it's insane. It, it, yeah. I, I hate talking about it right now. But, you know, I realized the scale of, of emotion um, from that heartbreak of the Super Bowl to my son being born. Nothing really mattered. 
Right. But music was still there. Right. Right. So yeah. like there were there was songs that me and my like my my son is the first album he listened to. We were talking about Big Sean earlier. At that time, I was listening to Big Sean a lot. Um, but yeah, no, like like there was still still music. Like I'm in the hospital. Sports isn't going on. Like you know, there's 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 a, a veil, I guess, in situations like childbirth. But there was still like his mom yeah. was listening to music in the bed. Yeah. Um, his grandmother was singing lullabies to her tummy before he was born, and then you know holding him like. There's just something about music that will never stop, and it motivates me to find something in life that's like music. Right. When I was making music, it was wake up in the morning, and we were just talking about the writing process. I hate the writing process, but it was addictive. Yeah. And that was motivating. So trying to find that void, or trying to find the way to fill that void, when I was younger, music was everything. Now that I'm older, there's responsibilities. There's not as much time to record. There's not as much time. Well, I guess I'm not recording anymore, but to even sit down and, and listen to and curate playlists and yeah. do these things that I used to have all the time in the world to do, I try to find ways to fill that and then surround it with music. So right. um, I, I, my son loves music already, and that's that to it kind of helps. fill in that, make that full circle. Um, he's drawn to deep bass he likes funny voices uh he, he's into little uzi vert unfortunately but it's because he sounds funny yeah um I, I just want to surround him with good vibes and music has always brought me good vibes so you know it's the closest bond i have to my dad just the music he listened to and right. and the soundtrack to a, a lot of the stuff i did growing up be it drives to and from soccer games or just him having music playing when he was mowing the lawn. And then when it came to mom, she was really, really inspirational for me musically because my aunt and my grandmother were really big parts of my life growing up. Right. And my mom shared a lot of their musical interests. So when my mom would be off of work, I would be telling her about the stuff I was listening to with my aunt Sissy, which, you know, back in the day, my, my first two albums was uh, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style and Nas's yeah. Illmatic. And I had them both on tape. I, you know, something that a kid my age shouldn't have had, but... I was kind of, I don't know if inspired is the word because no kid should be inspired by the well, subject matter on those tapes, but I heard people that I thought were cool right. doing what they love to do, and I saw that my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, and you know, not my grandmother wasn't really listening to the hip-hop, but people like the Isley Brothers, for example. My grandmother cleaned, cooked, walked. Uh, when my grandfather was driving, she had the stereo... It was always the Isley Brothers. Right. So there's just there's dope. there's there's triggers and music yeah. definitely pulls one. So yeah, no, the, I, I actually like that question. I know you said it was kind of a vague question, but it, it's a very good question because for some people, music is literally just filler, and there's nothing True. wrong with that. Yeah, you know, I know some people that don't listen to music but will turn on the radio and know all the songs on the radio. They won't know the artist, what album it is. But they know all the lyrics, yeah, and and that brings them comfort. And I think that that's the most important thing with music. If it brings you comfort, whether it's instrumental music or somebody screaming at the top of their lungs with the heaviest drums and guitar, it, yeah. that's beautiful to me. So I think that answers it. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, you know what? It's a great question. Like you said, it's vague, but it's not vague. I think that's the purpose of the question. Is there really is no answer to it? You just kind of find that answer, and, and I think that's that kind of sums it up. Is just comfort. I want music and sports to bring comfort in my life. 
And I think that what I've realized is music will always bring me comfort where sometimes sports will bring me stress. <laughs> so it usually is about music. This, this, uh, this podcast is normally about music, but the way this works, I would rather interview people and have them talk more about stuff that not necessarily they're more comfortable with, but that they're more accustomed to talking about. And I know your podcast, which we'll plug in later, and, well, both of them, but uh, I guess when it comes to sports, if you, I know you're quite a uh, diehard, <laughs> diehard sports fan, or you used to be? <laughs> used to be. You know what? That's actually funny you say that, bro. I could confidently say I used to be the diehard. Right. I'm not anymore. And, and the, back to like what I was, I was just talking about with my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it, it, I just don't really have the time or true emotional investment. But I do find that I enjoy it more now. Right. Because I'm not buying a pro line, for example. So like I'm not I don't really have much riding on the game. Right. I'm enjoying UFC You're again. You're not financially invested yeah, in it. Yeah, as yeah. Much and as and that brings both both the best and the worst out of yeah, exactly. anything really. It makes you right? appreciate the sport as a whole, I think. Big time. Big yeah. time. Like I used to bet on the fights all the time and you know, my uh, my thing was I always used to bet against George St. Pierre just because yeah. eventually, well, yeah. eventually one day, you know, you, he's going to lose and I'm going to pay it out. Never yeah. happened. <laughs> Never happened. No. But it was always uh, it was always something that it, it we were talking about music, how music is now filling the, the voids in my life still, even though I don't record or make music anymore, just different ways. Um, sports, it still finds its pockets. Through my grandfather especially, like he he has his rotations through the week. He watches baseball every night, wrestling on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Sundays if there's a pay per view. Um, he watches his NFL on the weekends. He tunes into hockey during the play. Like yeah. he's always had the the Fair rotation. Enough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm only saying this little tangent right now because when people still associate me with the diehard sports guy I used to be, they're half right, but. I also would rather go to that pub that doesn't have a television now than that one that's good, that that sports bar. Like I used to be the sports bar chicken wing guy, but now I'd rather go have a filet mignon at yeah. a place with a fireplace. Like I, I'm not messing yeah. with sports in that social Times setting anymore. Times are different. So. Times are different. That's it, man. You do grow up and, and get out of things. And, and I know a lot of people that say that they grow out of music just to like, you know, be on the topic of the show. Yeah. You don't. Like, you know, you'll hear a soundtrack or a song that takes you back to when you were young and you'll listen to maybe even that song over and over and over and over again. So, yeah, even the smallest of topics can bring out the deepest of conversations. And I just like to be able to like because this this whole podcast is driven around the fact that, like, I want people to know the people that I'm interviewing as more than just the artists that they were or the artists that they are or the sports fan or or athlete that they are or were. I mean, we are human beings at the end of the day, and I want people to know that these people are normal people at the end of the day, whether they do normal shit or not. But we all have a routine that we do in our days that like, we have to, whether have to or not, involve those kind of passions yep. because... In us, in order for us to stay sane, as as people, we have these. I want. I, I had a different word in mind, but I can't think of it now. But like 
like I come back to the word routines mm. and uh, me, it's obviously music. I do I, like, there's gotta be a, a, a focus on music at least for a certain part of my day. Yeah. So in saying that, that brings me to the next question is when it comes to home life, what's your daily routine like, or what's your mo- weekly routine like? <laughs> Because we did talk about this last week, oh, but we do yeah. not have that material to go off of. So yeah, I, let's touch on that for a little bit. Routine is next to non-existent for me. Um, once you have a kid, your life is theirs. Right. So your routine is their routine. So you know, you know, just getting kid up early in the morning as much as they can. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes yep. they don't want to wake up. True. Um, you know, fed, clothed, cleaned, all the bits, you know, everything that you want to do to to give them a healthy upbringing, make them feel positive, make them feel fulfilled. He's really getting the hang of potty training right now, for example. So, Which like, that's a lot of my routine is just asking him if he's got to use the bathroom, right? Like, but it's as simple as that, though. It's uh, my nights are, have become the only part of routine. Like, once he's yeah. asleep, rolled up, blaze up. Um, I've, I game a bit. I'll, I'll play some Fortnite. Um, Fair enough. Football manager, out of the park baseball. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I'll watch as, as much sports as I can, but this is, this is kind of it, Mark. Like, soccer was such a big part of my life. Right. Soccer used to be on during the day. Right. So, you know, my whole day used to be consumed by sports. Now right. that I have a son, I'm not watching soccer during the day. By the time he's in bed, some of these basketball games are almost at halftime. So, sure. you know, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not really truly invested in it. So to, to summarize this answer, routine is just gone. So right. I just try to find as much normalcy at night for myself, but there's nothing wrong. You know, I, I've, I've kind of come to terms that for the first 18 years of my son's life, you know, his time is my time and my time is completely his That's time. dedication, man. So. And like I like when I, when I started talking about the whole routine, it's like, I got to dedicate myself to the music yeah. because that's what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me normal and keeps me yeah. going. And I guess a to good you, footnote. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, to you, the, 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 the element of fatherhood, yeah. it's, it is a sense of normalcy, is a sense yeah. of routine, but it's, it's the routine that works and it's the routine that is important. Yeah. And this, this has been a gift too because similar to you with music, Podcasting kind of gives me something to look forward to that's not work, that's not another life in your hands. You know, right. you're sitting back having a conversation. Yeah. Because I, I don't even call them interviews. Like, I've, I'm have i on episode, I'm just finishing up episode eight now, post-production, and none of these eight interviews feel like interviews. They're conversations. So, you know, something to look forward to because some of these people are parents themselves. Yeah. And... They're Ooh, looking that's forward relatable to the conversation content with me. too, though. Yeah, that's just yeah. it. Like they're looking forward to the conversation with me, and it's it's been a good release for me. It's given me not purpose because like I, my son is my purpose, but self purpose. And I think what a lot of people do is when they have kids, they actually forget to take care of themselves. Yeah. And I've always had an interest in journalism. Talk radio is my life. Right. And. I've, I mean, Joe Rogan, for example, is somebody who I've always listened to mm-hmm. religiously. Um, Jim Rome, um, Amy Lawrence. These people just, they're, you know, we were talking about music kind of filling the background. My background was filled with a lot of talk radio and podcasting. 
before this was ever really a big thing. Which is so when Anthony reached out to me to start doing down the pub, yeah, it was an accidental gift. Right. It it was a complete accident. Beautiful one at that. It was it was something. Yeah. It was it was uh, it was a dream come true that I took for granted. I didn't realize how easy it was to be fulfilled, but how much work goes into it, and how much fulfillment that gives you. It's almost like a double whammy of fulfillment. Like you record something feels good once you're done recording it. Then you edit it, and that yeah. takes forever. But you feel good when you're done editing it, when that shit's out there and the world's listening to it because people are consuming your time, your effort, your creativity, your ear, yeah. your voice. And and I think that it's healthier than Facebook statuses, for example. Definitely. And, and I actually, uh, my in the upcoming episode of my podcast, I have a little mini monologue at the end of it, and I actually mention this, that my Facebook statuses was kind of the birth of my podcast because right. as healthy and fluent as the conversations were on Facebook, my personal Facebook, there were pockets of it that was very unhealthy and, and very damaging. Right. And, oh, and shout out to the homie Jeffrey here. Me and Jeffrey relinked up after many years of not talking and not really conversing because of negativity on Facebook. We, <laughs> we were both just kind of like looking at this person just being permanently negative, like, you know, you're an idiot. But it brought two positive people together. So I think podcasting is, is a wonderful way to actually get rid of the negative noise that Facebook has. It's yeah. 99% positive, but that 1% negative is so loud. Podcasting yeah. is just a good way to filter that out. Yeah. And it's also a good way to talk about those things without having somebody interrupt you. Yeah. While, you know what I mean? Like Facebook, I find <laughs> like, you can interrupt each other on these things much yeah. easier. But you can also edit that shit out if you don't like what the yes, person says. Yes. Or if they I mean, cut when you, you edit it on Facebook, it's there for everyone to see. If you yeah. delete it, somebody's already got a screenshot and they sent it to your employer. Like, yeah. oh, exactly. I, I find podcasting gave me an opportunity to continue the dialogue and the conversations I was having on Facebook in a more healthy manner. Yeah. And to talk to the people that I want to talk to. Um, Sometimes well, when you make a Facebook status, people that you don't really want to talk to are the ones that chime in the most. And yeah. it misdirects 100%. conversation sometimes or, or it takes you out of a conversation you wanted to have because you posted it. Yeah. So, you know, the because the, we're talking about routine now, Facebook was such a routine in my life yeah. in terms of dialogue discussion yeah. that it became a drag. Right. The phone was always in my hand. I was always wondering what so-and-so was doing, liking this, doing that, checking birthdays. You know, I'm not, I don't even like or, or put happy birthday on people's shit anymore. I text or call people. Yeah. Or I, I'll send them I, an I've inbox message. I've done the same because I feel like it's so... I feel like I get so emotionally detached by, by posting on somebody's yeah. wall. It just seems so... Not unnatural, but it just seems so impersonal. Right. So what podcasting is doing is actually taking us back to a time before technology and social media. Because right. there were talk radio shows during World War II. That's what these guys used to listen to were podcasts. Yeah. When you think about these guys that do um, monologue style podcasts or stuff that has music or, or 
I guess time time based podcasts where they feel like series. These murder mystery ones that girls listen to, for example, they feel like audiobooks, for example. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all forms and elements of what radio used to be in the thirties and forties and fifties. Right. Now the irony is is these podcasts get distributed on social media. Right. We use streaming apps. We yep. use websites. So we still are dependent on the technology. That being said, the form of communication is a million times healthier. We've censored and shut out so much negativity. And I was just talking about removing the negativity, but sometimes we have to listen to that negativity right. and take the message from it that it's trying to convey. Yeah. It's a sin because it is beautiful how we can actually, like our conversation, if, if these phones didn't exist, this conversation wouldn't be happening because that's how we made the connection. Right. It was through social media with me and Jeffrey on Facebook. Right. Turned into you and me talking on Instagram and then texting because I hate DMing. Yep. And Said we that. go from there. Yep. So there's so many ironies to how we want to purify conversation and get back to the stuff that we were doing growing up and our parents were doing growing up and our grandparents were doing growing up. But we're still using these forms of technology that are kind of holding us back. Right. To get ahead. So it's hard now to go back to your previous question about routine mm -hmm. for people to actually take care of themselves in a healthy manner. You know, it, it, I, I, I hope there comes a day where society isn't quite as dependent on technology, but I think that it's a bridge too far now. Yep. So come back to the routine. We, we say, <laughs> yep. and I am. It, it it works well because, I mean, it really attaches us to a lot of the details that we'll be covering. But uh, the nights involve rolling up. Oh, yeah. So I like to ask this just because I'll call them extracurriculars because <laughs> people do that in their spare time or whatever the case is. But smoker, drinker, both or neither. Because you mentioned smoking, but I never heard anything about drinking. Yeah, and it's funny because I actually have a, 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 I don't know if I should do product placement, so I won't. I am not much of a drinker. Um, COVID took it out of me, if right. you will. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, like a lot of people, you drank more, and yeah. I didn't like what it was doing to my body, didn't like what it was doing to my mind. We're talking about routine. Yeah. That's not a routine you ever want to get caught in. Right. Um, I smoke a healthy amount, and that is definitely routine. I probably smoke anywhere from three to ten grams a day, depending on the setting and what's going on. Huh? Yeah. But to me, it's it's healthy. It helps me eat, helps me sleep, helps me use the bathroom. Sorry, TMI. Um, <laughs> helps me enjoy things and settings and and situations that I wouldn't normally enjoy. Definitely keeps me happy and brings me down when I need to be down. Yeah. Um, I find well. alcohol does all those things much quicker yeah and and the the come down from that is is a lot quicker too it's a strange one because i'm not a fan of the come down from smoking either but i find the come down from drinking almost makes me want to smoke more and yeah. and i also don't like to smoke as like you know them 10 gram days are not good days i don't feel good the next day my lungs hurt my head yeah. hurts my ears hurt yeah, like, yeah, yeah. my whole body hurts but it's a hell of a lot healthier than putting a cord in my body in two or three <laughs> hours. So yeah. um, I, I, I definitely smoke 90% more than I drink. What are you smoking? Indica or sativa? Uh, indica 
90 (laughs) percent yeah (laughs) there's nothing more devastating than when i think i'm getting an indica and it's a sativa or a hybrid i will literally get an instant headache before i even smoke it i'm one of those ones that i need to know that smell like the terps that's fair yeah Yeah, yeah, like i I just need that that well it's sour deep smell right Um, and it's getting you set for like what you're actually smoking it for or like for the mindset that you're smoking it for Go to drink then if it's a ninety ten. Ooh yeah, a, a whiskey for sure. Uh, Conor McGregor stuff is bomb. I've been drinking that the last few months when I am drinking. Conor um, McGregor stuff. Yeah, it's a proper twelve. I've never tried it. Actually. Yeah, it's it's not bad, man. And I'm, it's funny because I'm a whiskey fan, so. Oh, it's worth. It's definitely worth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's and it is affordable. I think I it's under be, forty bucks. I used to and, be rum hardcore, and then I had like a pinch of like. A gin time in my life and i'll never go back oh, because of the dirtiest dirtiest shit i've ever had in my life Ooh, but then I, I i got converted to whiskey and i've never gone back yeah it's nice like a i'm more of a rye guy to be honest so i like i like yeah, crown yeah. um but there was something about this conor mcgregor stuff most stuff that gets tagged with celebrities yeah it's never good but no. i found um however Seth, Ciroc, Seth Rogen's weed. Ciroc, as far as vodka goes did he knew what he was doing? Yeah. Yes. He hit. He hit a good one with that. Only that. Like that's literally the only vodka that I'll ever drink. Only not when I have to, but like if I if I ever had to, if that's even a circumstance in my life. See, I'm a weird one. Flavored vodka straight, I could do. Yeah. People hated it. Lime vodka, cherry vodka, mint vodka. Dude. I will literally drink that on the rocks. Now yeah. I'm not gonna drink it. Especially now, but I'll have a glass of that the same way I would have a glass of whiskey. Right. And, and to me, it's just like we were talking about art earlier. Everything is everything can be interpreted as art. I find like this right here is art, like yeah. right down to the label, the story, the taste, the creation. Well, it's what's gonna the 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 label itself is what's gonna attract you. Hundred percent is the draw. Like some of the nastiest beer I ever had had beautiful labels, yep. and you know, good and goddamn well. That was this the, the marketing strategy. Hundred percent. Oh, they put man, a lot more money into like the actual shit. labeling and everything. Oh, than let's they market this bad boy and call it something fancy, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. make it seem like it's gonna be nice. It's all perception. Yeah, but no, uh, I just, I highly highly recommend this McGregor stuff if you can find it, bro. Fair. Um, and like I was just saying, out. most of the time when celebrities get behind stuff, no, but like you said, Seth yeah. Rogen's weed was was pretty good. I'm not a big NSLC weed buyer at all. But somebody told me to get his stuff this one time. I got it. I think it's called Houseplant. It was amazing. And like this McGregor stuff is fantastic liquor. So Good stuff. Celebs are actually stepping it up with their <laughs> branding this time around, I suppose. <laughs> All right. So I guess we've touched on the home life, which is dope because we get to see what what's important to you when it comes to life. Yep. Home life and a daily back to the word routine. Yep. But I mean, that's what makes you you. And that's what makes you a human being at the end of the day, yep. which is always dope to see because we always think whether they're a celebrity, whether they're an artist, whether they're an athlete, that the main focus is that. And I'm sure it is, but they do have a life outside of that that art form. And people forget that. Like, you know, I. And that's what. And that's essentially what I want to touch on because, yeah. like, we are we are human, but it's nice to know like why people do what they do, and is it like that deep of a personal reason for why you're doing what you do, or is it just 
something you've been doing for so long, it's the only thing you know how to do, mm. which is something that that's, I've touched on both sides of that coin when it comes to music because I've been doing it. I've literally, I played the piano. I started playing the piano at age seven. There you go. And I've been in, involved in music ever since. But at the same time, I just feel like I, I would not be the same person without music. So it's it's just like I've grown around it and I've grown to love it in the sense that if I didn't have it, I don't think I'd operate normal. Mm. Normally. Mm. Normally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that's why we're all different. And that's what then that's what make the, makes this podcast so dope because we get to find out about that artist or yourself in a way that you wouldn't normally hear them talk or hear you talk straight up so and we get to find out how good of a father you are with all that <laughs> stuff so i mean and I'm you're not, well I'm... rooted around the whole fatherhood thing which is put it this way put it this hear. way put it this way i have an amazing son right you know I, I i like to pride myself on being a good father i have the best son in the world i know people are going to be listening to this with kids and be like this motherfucker they're probably going to turn it off at this no like my son is is funny, he's cool, he's smart, he's willing to learn, he's willing to do things that I've never seen a three and a half year old want to do. Right. He loves to clean, he, he wants to be involved cooking, he likes to learn, he likes to engage with my grandfather, which is one of the most special relationships in my life. Right. He makes me he makes me look like a good father. Right. And he makes me feel like a good father. Um, you know, his mom me and her aren't together, but, you know, we remain good friends, and I give her tons of credit for not only how amazing a little boy he is, but how good of a father I feel like I can be. She's taught me a lot and, and given me a lot of confidence when I feel like I, I'm not that great of a father. You know, in all honesty, I, I've only really started to be a full-time dad since May, Right. Um, you know, my son's three and a half, so I know that sounds crazy to say, you know, holy shit, you know, three, you know, two years, three years, two and a half, three years, you know, you weren't a full-time dad, you know, life is different. Um, you know, I live with my grandfather, I take care of him, I was working a job nonstop, and there was a lot of stuff going on in my life where fatherhood was difficult. So right. now that I have the opportunity since May, on the other end of when COVID was so shitty, to be able to take my son three, four, five days out of the week, nonstop, just me and him spending all the time in the world together, I didn't want to mess this up. And, 100%, man. You know, that makes sense. The first three years, yeah. you know, I was obviously in his life, but, you know, not as much as I wanted to be. And, and there were reasons and things why. And, you know, that's that's my, my pride and joy is just, being that kind of father like me and my dad we're awesome like I love my dad but he was in the Navy right so growing up we never had a relationship he missed birthdays and soccer tournaments and recitals and it was very hard but I remember one of the coolest moments of my life was my dad being at my graduation because there were lots of highlights in my life where I remember my dad not being there I never really remember the ones that my dad was there but I right. remember, for example, my 16th birthday was one of my dad's last trips to see. And, you know, we had a big party. And I remember all these people like, you know, hope, hopefully your dad's okay, Chris. And, you know, hope your dad's good. You know, I'm trying to get my mind off my dad because, <laughs> you know, I'm worried about him overseas. Possibly course, his last tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I, you know, I never had that teach me how to shave. How do I put on a condom? <laughs> you know, that, that, that really close bond with a father. So I, I, I love my dad and, and seeing him bond with my son is actually amazing because it's kind of a look back at how he might have been with me. I just don't remember it because I remember him being away a lot. It gives him a second chance to to be a father in a way that he couldn't because he was away. Right. Um, and it's, it's brought me and him much closer too because I haven't really been able to do a whole lot in my life to make him quote unquote proud. You know, I've been able to do a lot and accomplish a lot in my life, but I don't really have a lot to show for it. Um, having a kid, I mean, that's what's showing for it yeah. is, is the human I mean, being. And, and, and uh, how you were how you were raised depicts how you yeah I mean or even the lack of how you were raised mm -hmm. depending on the circumstance I'm not saying that's your circumstance and, but well but but that depending this, that's on that my, is how you're gonna raise your kid and that's to my point bro like early on there were times where where I wasn't around and not like I said not purposely it's just situations with work situations with his mom when we weren't as close as we are now just different situations and that. Feeling, and again, this is not to, to make my dad look or, or seem like a bad person. My dad's an incredible man, but my dad was doing what I was doing. I feel guilty for not being around right. for certain things with my son. Like his mom telling me, you know, I, I missed my son's first steps, for example. I saw a lot of firsts with my son, but his first steps happened when I wasn't there. It was because I was working 12-hour shifts. When I was off, he was asleep, so there was no point in me even going there. Right. Just it was just one of those situations where it was better for me to just sleep, wake up, go to work, sleep, wake up, go to work. So those two days where I was free, I was healthy and rejuvenated, so I could spend them with my right, son. Right, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But which that, is important. That deep feeling of not being able to have that conversation with him, like I do now with him. Right. Um, I was just like, I don't want that feeling that I have with my dad. I don't want him to have that feeling. Right, you know? of course. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a void, and it's it's not something that I'm not, uh, you know, I, I share it often, and my dad would probably say the same thing about me and my brother. But, you know, my brother, he's he's a new father now as well. Um, and, again, like, just a different, a different stew, a different dad. And it's really cool to see in my him and my mom as they're getting older, they actually appear to be getting younger. Because right. we're almost rejuvenating their life with yeah, our kids, course. and yeah, yeah. it's 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 my life, man, and and it almost answers everything you've been talking about yeah. right now. Is like routine just it comes down to that well, guy. It, it touches on everything, which is dope because yeah. it brings a full circle. Yeah, yeah. So let's get back to the music a little bit. I usually like to find out, like, because we talk about music all the time, and yep. music's the main focus essentially of this interview, and what we've determined as a important aspect of everyone's life whether it's direct or indirect favorite song of all time Ooh, if we. you had to choose Ooh, we. you didn't ask me this one last time i may not have i even i remember i even remember the other <laughs> song um favorite song of all time could be any genre too it doesn't have to be oh okay specific then kiss by prince that's respectable man like, yeah I mean, but that's not far off in the genres as well, though. It's true. It's true. I mean, a weird one, as strange as this is, um, Between the Sheets by the Isley Brothers. Um, because, again, like, a, a God Rest Her Soul, my grandmother, it was just the soundtrack 
Yeah, to, yeah. Like you know, she. But I mean, it was important. Record. It obviously was, left an impact. There was there was there was the first track on the A side. Yeah. And then on the B side, between, I think it was the second and third song on the B side of the record. It was that between the sheets intermission. Right. Just the music and you know, Ron Isley in the background. I can't even do his voice. It's gonna sound so <laughs> terrible, but you know, like it was just like a, a reprieve almost. Like it was, yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. And that was just like a sound to me. And and Ice Cube's "Today Was a Good Day" sampled that song. And I remember again when I was young, that song was new. Like I think I was three or four. It could be, yeah. And you know, my aunt was jamming to all that stuff on the West right. Coast. So I would say probably like a combination of those two songs. Um, God's Bathroom Floor by Atmosphere. It was I like remember a, you mentioning that one. Yeah, it was like a low yeah. point in my life and a lot of slugs writing and, and his context I, I loved and, and, and Ant was just the best producer. So Atmosphere's music was, was crazy for me. But that song specifically, like I remember the point in my life, I was literally like in the position he was with his lyrics. It was just like one of those songs that to this very day I listen to and I remind myself I don't want to be back at that point. Right. And that's why it's like my favorite rap song for hey. sure. So, but you know, you said any genre, Prince Kiss for sure. Yeah. I'd say the Isley Brothers, Between the Sheets slash Ice Cubes, Today Was a Good Day and God's Bathroom Floor by Atmosphere. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, that actually kind of touches on the next one, which I, like to do with everybody because we debut these episodes every episode every Sunday. Party on a Sunday is essentially the reason behind it all. Party on the podcast, Sunday jams. Because I know you just touched on like basically three songs, mm. but favorite Sunday jams. If you were to put on a playlist, your top three that you Ooh. would play on a Sunday. And you did ask me this one. Yeah. And, and God's Bathroom Floor would be on that. It was I, on there. I, I yeah, got to give, give you a couple other ones now. Okay, probably Draft Day by Drake. This is probably going to be completely different than the answers That's I gave right. you. And I'm going to listen back to the other one later to see. <laughs> um, Draft Day by Drake, definitely. Wake up in the morning and turn that song on if you don't get hyped. You know? Fair. Because, um, I mean, it's either like to chill out or it's like to get ready for your week or you can do both recovering from a hangover oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, the case yeah is. you can do all three yeah, that, yeah that's that's definitely that's why i think part of the reason why like it's one of those click the way right. the beat kind of, yeah. sample the the lauren hill sample yeah, yeah. it's Fair. it's kind of the perfect song um that's one Sheesh. i'd say move on up by curtis mayfield nice yeah um, and again, like it, it kind of intertwines with uh, Kanye and Lupe, Touch yep. the Sky. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How when I first heard that song, it brought me back to growing up. And Curtis Mayfield was some another person that my grandmother just fucking loved. Um, oh man, that's too beautiful. Morning by Little Brother. We were talking about Fonte we talking, yeah. off the air earlier. Me and my brother Jeffrey here and. Yeah, um, each no, each day is another chance to do the thing I could have done the day before, but didn't and known I should have. So I say a prayer for the gone for goodos who left this world and kiss my girl good morning, sugar. One of my favorite like beginnings to a verse yeah. ever, <laughs> and it's like again, it's just got that like that 
the, the way the beat, especially the way the beat kicks and like the way Ninth Wonder's production is, it always just kind of smashes you. Oh, and anyways, like yeah. the way that beat just kind of comes in with yeah, the, yeah. the harmonies and the violins and those guys just ride that beat perfect. Uh, like I literally just wing that three off the top of my head, but I can see myself I mean, legitimately playing all it. three of those. You got it though. Yeah, because like those those three all would fit the mood, and and I'm not even like particularly for a Sunday, but like a get up and want to get motivated. But the funny, but the funny thing is, your top three last time we tried this isn't the same as this there, top three. See, there it is. It's I, all it's it's a mood. It's it. I know it, God's bathroom the, floor definitely was. Yes. Because I know I would listen to that on a Sunday. For sure. Like, that would be one of the first songs I think I would listen to on just about any playlist. Right. Um, there. Oh, man, see, now I'm now that's bugging me because I really want to know what the other two... I'm going to go back and listen to that. I think you said something about Atmosphere, but... You may have just mentioned them. Man, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Probably. probably. <laughs> regardless, regardless. So, like to play a little... Just a quick game of... Uh, this or that we do Ooh. it with every uh, with every uh, guest on the show Ooh. just rapid fire seeing as how we dive into everything quite deeply yeah i'll, I'll, we'll, I'll do we'll this. just do i'll do rapid answers. fire for this one yeah, right? yeah. I, I promise <laughs> i promise this or that okay this or that. i think so, i'm ready since you're a sports guy and music guy we'll try and involve both as much as we can Ooh, but okay. some some revolves around the home life as well Ooh. so live sports or watching games at home or at a bar like with homies. Ooh. I would say home until the Wanderers came around, so live. And live. I love going to Moosehead games too. Yeah. But I also prefer watching sports at home. So Fair. I'll say live now. Live. Yeah. Watching sports or playing sports? To include the home life. Yeah. Playing soccer with my son is my favorite thing Fair. to do. We'll so take that. I'll say yeah, playing now. Yeah. Uh blunts and joints or bongs and pipes? I know the answer I said for this one last time too. Yeah. And it's probably changed in the last week. Yeah. I had a very bad experience with my pipe. Bad. Yeah. I don't know what was in it before <laughs> I put the weed in it. Yeah. So light inhale. Whatever it was was the worst taste I've ever tasted right. in my entire life. And no good. Done. <laughs> so now I will only forever and ever smoke blunts. And joints. Fair. I will never smoke another pipe in my life. <laughs> and this is breaking news too. Like some people are going to be listening to this. If you make it this far, folks, Appreciate you, are, you have one. insider information that yeah. you will never see Searle with Jet Jackson anymore. That's the name of my pipe. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, that's the name of my pipe. <laughs> that's dope. Um, you won't see Chris with Jet Jackson anymore. He had a bad experience, and I threw that motherfucker in the trash. Oh, so, no. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Drinks or shots? Shots. Regular yeah. season or playoffs? Ooh. Can I give you a complex answer for this one? Go for it. For the people who don't know how soccer works, they don't have playoffs. So in the English Premier League, Spanish League, Italian League, and all these leagues, they just play a set amount of games, and whoever is the top team at the end of that set amount of games is the champion. Oh, wow. I kind I of like that. that more than a playoffs. However, the World Juniors is my favorite thing every right. year. Fair. So if I can answer your question, I like a tournament rather than a playoffs, if that makes any sense. Okay. Because I like to respect the full body of work. Yeah, because, well, I guess regular season 
is the full body of work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, baseball is the one sport that always used to do it right because so few teams used to make the playoffs that the playoffs in baseball was truly the best of the best. Right. Like, in the past in hockey, like, I remember when the Oilers made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and they had a losing record. Like, they were the eighth seed and the Giants were... I think nine and seven when they beat the Patriots, the undefeated Patriots. Like right. the playoffs, as as cool as it is to have that like do or die, sudden death thing, I, I find it doesn't really give credence to the regular season as much as it should. Fair. So that's why I like a tournament, a World Cup, a World. It does make juniors. sense because I mean, as a whole, if you've done well all season, that'll reflect on the, yeah. on the record. And whereas, whereas, whereas you with could the tournament, win. like yeah. the tournament, literally is like every game is the next step. Yeah. Like a regular season, play 80 amazing games, then your star gets hurt, and your season's over before the playoffs even yeah. start, right? Or even it's, if you come to, the, like, the whole football playoffs, yeah. you you could just have a bad game. Literally. One bad game, and that Happens to you're so done. many teams, man. Yeah. Like, I remember the Chargers were, like, 14-2 and two or 15-1 and one, one year. Like, winning every game by 20, 25 points. Had the week off because they had the bye. Right. And it was the worst thing that could have happened to them because they lost that rhythm. Yep. Because they even lost, I think, the only game they lost that season was after the bye week. Right. And I remember literally telling everybody that came to the store that day, you guys should literally bet the Patriots. Don't bet the Chargers. It doesn't matter that the Chargers won, like, five more games than the Pats this year. Mm. Bet the Pats. Yeah. And it happened. Yep. So, uh, I don't know, I gave you the uh, long-winded philosophical answer. Tournaments, though, it's just like a shot. Right. Like, you know, and and it's, it's... the World Cup of soccer, it's four years of qualifying to get to this point. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, oh, like you said, all it takes is one bad day. But yeah. at least in a tournament format, going into it, you know better. Playoffs, yeah, going into it, you do know better. But right. you earn so much during the regular season. And I always respect teams that do well over a full season. When you're away from your family, when the pressure's on, you're traveling all these different cities... You know, these guys get paid millions to do it, but it's hard yeah. mentally and physically. Imagine it would be. So playoff time, you're playing a team and you're traveling back and forth between two cities. So I, I, sh- I have more respect for the teams that do well during a full regular season. Uh, it sounds like too easy of a question, but die hard or bandwagon? <laughs> die hard for sure. Travel or homebody? Homebody. Yeah, homebody. Used to be a traveler. We've learned that a lot over this interview. Yeah, (laughs) that's the truth. (laughs) Definitely used to be a traveler, like even just like a a long walk type traveler. Yeah, yeah. it works. Now, 15-minute walk. (laughs) That's it. Fair. Uh, Morning or night? Night now. Yeah. Summer or winter? Winter. I'm weird. (laughs) That was the exact answer from last time. Was it? I don't even remember. Winter. I'm weird. I know. (laughs) I know. To be completely honest with you, I love the spring. Right. Spring still has that, like, kind of cool element of winter, but you get those nice, nice, nice days. Fair and enough. I do, like, a nice winter day, like, 15 centimeters of snow on the ground, but it's zero. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. like, my favorite Not weather. too cold. Yeah. Fame and fortune. So we'll talk about the podcast, I guess. Yeah. Fame and fortune or cult-like fan base? If you ask Anthony, he would probably say the fame and fortune because he's put so much time into it right. that he's ready to get paid for it. Right. Um, what has happened, and I think he'll acknowledge it too, which is my choice, the cult-like fan base, is that's what pushed down the pub kind of over the top. 
Right. Um, there was one point during COVID where we were the number six most played sports podcast in Canada. We were competing with the ESPNs and the TSNs, and it, it was weird. But yeah. it was like, holy shit, we're doing something that people are listening yeah. to. Anthony really took that took a lot of pride in that success because it was his baby. We never really reached that point again. Right. And I he, you know we were still impressed me and Carlos at the numbers we were we were achieving and the guests that we were pulling and the consistency. We liked our cult fans that were talking to us and liking our stuff and sharing our stuff. We right. love that. But Anthony got the dose of fame and popularity right. that he wanted that. And right. I can't blame him right. at all. You know, yeah, yeah. I I know with my podcast now if I ever get to a point where I have a guest on or just something clicks with the show and I do start getting those those play numbers that we were getting with down the pub, I'll want that again and again and again and again. With all that, I, with all that said, me and Anthony and Carlos have had some conversations over the last few months. And what Anthony has, I think, recognized is that what I would agree with, the cult fan base is the only fan base you're gonna have all the time. Yep. So your show can peak early, all those people are gonna be gone eventually. Yeah. Your show can slowly crescendo to a peak and then crash, all those people are gone. Right. But you'll always have your followers. Yeah. And you know, earlier in the conversation we were talking about, you know, social media, it's a gift and a curse. One of the great gifts of social media, in all honesty, when it comes to this, is that you can make connections with people you never would have been able to make connections with Definitely. before. Yeah. You, of course, will get maybe an outreach of people that you don't want listening to your show, but that's where fame comes from. Right, true. The majority of fame is people that you don't want to or care to listen to your stuff going out of their way to listen to your stuff. Right. You don't have the time or resources to appreciate them. True. It's difficult. The only thing you can do is to continue to pump out content. Right. And I hate the word content, but that's what you're creating. True. When Very you have true. a cult-like fan base, regardless of what you're doing, they're not going anywhere. And what we realized with Down the Pub was taking a break actually brought back the people. We right. were realizing that we had some cult, not cult people, like more on the fence, people that would listen to us when we had a guest that interested them, but right. not somebody that would listen to every episode. We felt like we were losing those people. Right. Why were we losing those people? Because we were being too consistent. There was something that we were providing that too was much? being, not too much, just too much and too consistent is two different things because I feel right. with, you can be too consistent, but what you're providing is actually perfect. Right. Too much is like trying to reach a standard and, and pump that same standard out every single episode. And there's some shows in the city that that's what they try to do. And it, it takes away from the genuine quality of the right. guests. They have great guests, Definitely. but you know the, the show well, I, sucks. It forces the authenticity. Bingo. That's what yeah. it is. It forces it. Like, I got this person on. I have to ask, act this way. Ask these questions. You know, I, I remember we talked about this last time. You know, when I do interviews with people, I do have notes i have like four or five yeah. notes sometimes at the end of the interview i don't touch those notes and i look at those notes and all five of those questions have been answered sometimes i don't even answer the questions right or, or, or ask the questions ask the pardon questions. me yeah, yeah. they they just answer them in the conversation so 
you that's know, the beauty. That's the beauty of genuine conversation. And that's it. And and that provo- that builds your cult fans. Yeah. Now, what builds fame is when you've got the flashing, the video, the sponsors, um, the big guest that actually brings a permanent base to it. Um, you know, we were talking about a podcast that I won't name. They had a big guest on recently, and. You know, they were already a big show, but I know that this is going to bring them a permanent new right. fan base, right? Now, in a year or so, is that fan base still going to be there? Probably not. But if they can get 4 or 5% of that fan base to become cult fans, be it with merch, yeah. Patreon with, with uh, premium content, yeah. exclusive content, um, finding ways to actually have guests interact with the fans which was something a friend of mine, he has a podcast in the UK and he gets the artists to actually provide a discounted cameo to listeners of the show. So, and then this is to answer your question. Do you want a hundred loyal listeners or a thousand random listeners? It depends on where you're at. And this is where I don't think so. I think, but this is, this is when it comes to podcasting, it kind of is. And I'm, I I bring back uh, what I was just saying with Anthony. Yeah. I'm sure Anthony would would say the cult following again, but there right. was a period where Anthony, like I was saying before, would say fame. Right. The hundred loyal listeners actually gives you more of that potential income right. than the thousand random fans. But your advertisers and sponsors, they want the full brunt. Right. They want the, the thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. Yeah, so yeah. you have to prove to sponsors through your cult fans. That right. you have a supporter base, which is where merch, for example, is very important. Yep. You may only have 100 listeners an episode, but if you sold 20 t-shirts last month, a sponsor loves that. Because yeah. the sponsor knows well, there's... 20 people are engaged in your yeah. show, 20 people are actually listening to your sponsor and want to know what you're providing. And it all comes down to engaging with the sponsor, engaging with the company. Yeah. Promo codes are the easiest thing on earth to get. Yeah. Everybody wants to do it. There's businesses I'm not going to mention on this right now, but friends of ours that own clothing companies, online stores, all you got to do is contact them. True. That is where fame doesn't come from numbers. It actually comes from engagement. Right. So um, I know this or that was supposed to be quick but, I mean, it's, fire it's answers. The, it but, is the last this was one, a, so but it this kind, was of kind of a ties cool, it all together. This was a cool way to, to kind of put a cap on this too because you guys know both of you. I know Jeffrey... Um, has a new record coming out here soon, or is it out now? I'm sorry, uh, bro. Chocolate in Monopoly out uh, on the Friday. I knew it was soon. I was. So I'm glad. That, I'm glad you said that. By the time you're tuning into this, <laughs> it will have already been okay. out. Okay. So I was kind of so right. This song is actually available. <laughs> I would have felt so bad if it was, I, I knew it was a Friday. If it was a Friday that just happened, I would have felt so 18th. bad, bro. Eighteenth is when it dropped. But um, but real talk, like with music, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like you know, working with. And I learned this a lot in marketing. Um, musicians look for commercial spots, look for, and, and it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to say they look for it because it does come the other way. Like the companies go to the artists, the artist doesn't go to the companies. But if you're an artist that's actively trying to expand your brand, yeah, a company might actually reach down to you rather than the people that are already there. Because the people that are already there, again, they have a fan base, yeah. but they might only tune in to that song once right. or that, that thing once. True. There's a, a core fan base for that middle fan. 
that is going to listen to and leech onto, I hate to use the term leech onto, everything that artist does. So when it comes to podcasting, I think that we're at the, the dawn of what this is going to be in terms of marketing and branding. And I think that your question is a bendable answer. Because Fair. I think that once you taste fame in podcasting, like you can't really describe the feeling of knowing that you're taking on the ESPNs, the TSNs, the Sportsnets. Right. People are tuning into your show either before that or your show's coming on after that. When they're done listening to the Sportsnet or the TSN show right. yeah. because your show is bumped up on the algorithms, yeah. you're what's naturally coming on next. Having people to back you, and this is what I was talking about with one of the other shows in the city that appears to be super successful, but right. they weren't getting even half the plays that we were getting yeah. on our show with no sponsors. It's about being able to engage with that small viewer base. Right. And as the plays, as our plays dwindled, and I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to say Anthony was getting upset, but Anthony wasn't seeing what we had with our cult fan base. Right. Was that that is going to drive us forward forever. Yep. Where that buzz fan base that we just hit, it's they were just listening because that show was hot. It's nothing that we did wrong. Right? No, definitely not. It's, this you, is, you hit a point. And, and I remember I, I, I used this metaphor last time. <laughs> since the boom, since COVID, podcasting used to be literally a puddle that you splashed in in your parking lot. Right. Now it's an ocean. Yep. 100%. There were tadpoles once upon a time. Joe Rogan was the only fish. Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla. Um, yeah, Tom Green. He's like the OG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and Adam Carolla were like the first two. Yeah, pretty much. Um, trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, ben Shapiro, Steven Crowder. You know, these guys, they've been doing this for four, five, six years. Yeah, already. But they're only getting, they're only getting there now. Right. What podcasting has now become is the uncensored, unfiltered platform yeah. That advertisers and big businesses have been looking for right. forever. And a lot of people with agendas. This is it. This is it. Bingo. <laughs> but but that this is my point. What's going to happen now is the big podcasts are going to like like what Rogan has done is as fantastic as that is for everybody, because he has opened up the ocean. He's, 100%. he's broken the dam and opened up the ocean for everybody. It's going to saturate this market. And I'm saying this kind of funny. Like, I'm a podcast host. You're a podcast host. We're two podcasts in this little city called Halifax. You know, we're, we're kind of filling, you know, fish in the pond, fish in the ocean. Right. But what Rogan also did was by taking on YouTube, for example, giving everybody an opportunity to create a platform for who they think and who they want to listen to them. So I know this sounds like I'm mumbling and jumbling right now, but people now can find a niche, cult, narrow, I guess, listener base, viewer base, and be comfortable and profitable right. in what they're presenting. So, you know, how many episodes does Rogan have now? Like 16, 1700? 
he's only getting paid real good money right now. Sure, he was making millions before, but he was worth hundreds of millions. Now he's getting that. So the people like you and I, who people are going to listen to, whether it's now or eventually, right. are going to have a spot. Like, like what I'm really getting at is, you know, now that this is an ocean, it's going to end up being, and it may already be the number one most consumed form of entertainment in the world. Yeah, true. Like Netflix and Hulu and all these, these they're, they always talk about how their numbers are down, so their subscriptions are up. Less people are now on social media. Less people are now listening to radio. Less people are definitely watching television. Mm-hmm. More people are listening to podcasts. Yeah, It's the only thing that's going up. Um, it's exciting. It's nerve-wracking to be a part of. And I think, you know, you were just talking about this before. You, you were on your, your Facebook and you said you saw two or three people starting podcasts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful that people want to take the risk and it's beautiful that people want to express themselves and people have ideas and they want to put it out there. But like I was telling you in a year, you, you'll have a show. I'll have a show. Yeah. None of these people are going to have podcasts. True. Um, I was watching Tim pool last night and he was talking about how they're probably not going to be on YouTube soon. Crowder's off of YouTube. Now all the daily wire stuff they're YouTube's bad for censorship. Terrible for censorship. So, when people are starting a podcast, what's the one thing you really don't want to happen to your show? Yeah. For it to be censored. Yeah. So well, that's uh, what I like about the simplicity of of a podcast. Yeah. Because I mean, when it comes to profanity or language, yep. censorship is not a problem because yep. it's the freedom of speech that we get through it that allows us to be essentially limitless. Your freedom of speech stops stops yep. when it's impeaching on other people exactly exactly so i always say this to people like you know if you're gonna be a troll on your real accounts on social media Mm. just know that somebody can screenshot that shit and send it to your employer your family you know the last few months has been a big eye-opener i'm sure i i'm speaking on your guys's behalf as well friends who have bigoted views and backgrounds that they did a really good job hiding that for the last 15, 20 years. Oh, and it was exposed. Country, yeah. yeah. All village, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, I grew up in Eastern Passage. I, I know a few people too, but... It was, in, it was all exposed this year. Big time. That's just it. It was and put at the forefront of, of all social media. It was horrible. It was horrific. It was vile. It was terrible. But you know what? I loved it. Yeah. You know why I loved it? I don't have to waste my time on people pretending... Anymore. Anymore. Yeah. And, and you know, some of my closest friends that I have known for, like I said, 15, 20, even some of them. One of these guys I knew for literally 25 freaking years from Shannon Park Elementary. Me and this guy were in school together in grade one yeah. and talked to this guy on social media. And this is, the again, this is the gift and curse of social media. We have so many ways to be in contact with one another. The curse is we have so many ways to be in contact with one another. Yeah. You know, we, we can't remove ourselves from unhealthy people sometimes because there's so many of them now. We depend yep. on it. I had a I had a coworker tried to convince me this was when the whole Black Lives Matter movement was was in an uproar. And I don't really need to say anything more about that to, for you to get an idea of what the fuck I'm talking about. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. But it, but it wasn't even that. It was like his views on the police 
Yeah, it's a hard one. Ooh, and when it and when it came to Blue Lives Matter, yeah, and see, I was like, mm, I actually, I, I, we don't need to, we definitely don't need to get into that. I, I that's, that's well, a whole. I mean, con- I can very quickly like, like I, I'm gonna have I a fellow named what? Tommy Matera on my show here in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna have a fellow named Tommy Matera on my show here in a couple of weeks. He's a he's an Italian soccer fan, like big big guy. But his father, police officer, him and his brother voted for Trump. They're very blue lives matter. Yeah. But when I listen to this guy talk, I actually want to agree with his points, even though in in most cases I strongly disagree with a lot of what he says. Right. The way he's t- the way he talks and the way he presents himself, and that's just it. Your coworker probably is an idiot. No offense. He can't present his ideas eloquently or properly to make you at least think to disagree. Yeah. You just immediately disagree because Buddy's a dumbass, probably saying blue lives matter, cops, blah, 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 blah. Like, but all it, lives matter is literally the most boneheaded concept I've ever heard in my entire life. It's the most boneheaded response to it, for sure. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's literally like looking at the term black lives matter, whether you agree or disagree. And this is the thing, like, the left in America were really smart to use Black Lives Matter, the saying, as the platform. Because who the fuck disagrees with that? From the very beginning, you yeah. had more queens than pawns on the, on the table. 100%, yeah. Because your slogan, your backbone, your foundation of your movement is legitimately Black Lives Matter. I know racists who would even agree with that sta- statement. Like, yeah. right? Yeah. Now... Has the movement followed the saying? It depends on who you talk to. There's some people True. in America who think that what's going on right now is the best thing to happen to that country ever. Now, there's some people that look at what's happening, and there's a lot of people that don't live in that country that are like, holy shit, America this is a shit show, da 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 da. This mm-hmm. is a reset that that country needed in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's rubbing his hands together. Well, they, this is scary. Was there- Basically, what I'm saying is, is your, what, what my friends and, and other people that are not pro-Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives mm-hmm. Matter, All Lives Matter, that can actually, I guess, lay out their thoughts mm-hmm. in a way that, like I was saying to you before, makes you disagree rather right. than you disagreeing before you hear what they say, that's unhealthy. Yeah. And this whole movement, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter... Um, and in America, it's even more with, with civil liberties and shit. Civil liberties in the United States right now is, is like the most pressing conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally everywhere. Businesses, living, you can't go on your sidewalk in front of your house in some states without getting arrested. The, the, the conversation has gotten so muffled by people trying to define things mm-hmm. that they aren't. Black Lives Matter should just be the saying, but it's become this, it's all just got, it's lost its purpose. Right. And it's heartbreaking. And what's happened is people like your coworker thinks that that's the fact, that's the truth, and don't want to listen to the Black Lives Matter people. Party on a podcast quickly became My Name is Searle there for about 20 minutes. That's just a little dose of the content that you'll get on My Name is Searle. Me mumbling, trying to get a cohesive point across, and my guest <laughs> filling in the blanks to make me sound like I know what I was talking about, when reality is they know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Jeff you and Chris talk random social shit, high as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so one question I like to ask every 
I guess at the end of every interview is uh, how do you want to be perceived as a person at the end of the day instead of just an artist or a fan or a or a sports fanatic or an athlete or whatever your whatever your niche or, or art form is as a human being how do you want to be perceived at the end of the day just as a a good father in all honesty you know I talked about it most of this podcast yeah. but yeah at the end of the day if I fail at everything in life so long as my son is proud of me, then that's what it is. So, yeah, it's pretty simple, honestly. Fair enough. I uh, you don't need much more than that. No, I yeah. I look forward to every minute I get to spend with him, and I you know there will be a time, knock on wood, hopefully that he's old enough to spread his own wings and have his own family, and that'll yeah. be what I I'll be proud of life and feel fulfilled in life when my son feels fulfilled in life. So. Fair enough. And ironically, the deepest answer was the shortest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a blast, bro. This was yeah, a blast. So this was, this was, this was dope. But uh, I'd like to give you this time. Plug anything, everything you do. I know you have a podcast of your own. So uh, do what you do. Yeah, uh, I don't really do the whole show on social media thing, so you can find me at Christofsky, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F-S-K-I. The show is called My Name is Searle. It's available on all podcast apps, I guess is the best way to describe it. Streaming apps, every app that has a podcast on it, we're on there now. I am also a contributor on Down the Pub podcast, I believe we're on episode 87 or 88 right now. It's a very soccer-centric podcast. Every once in a while, we'll do a MMA show, a boxing show, and on the rarest occasion, we'll just talk general sports, basketball, baseball. I think Anthony's pretty much had just about every sport on there, but it's mostly a soccer-centric show, but it's great stories, great personalities, um, some heroes and some people that you might recognize from just watching sports channels over the years, like... Uh, Andy Petrillo, James Sharman, Carl Valentine. Uh, yeah, just tune in. Down the Pub. Uh, they're at Down the Pub Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Um, super fast. Uh, I'm going to have you gentlemen on for sure. Blessed brother, been, I appreciate this. this. We'll, we'll, we'll do this yeah, again, yeah. man, for sure. Not on my show. We'll, we'll do this on your show again. Yeah, man. Maybe in a year when we're both famous. Exactly. See see how far we both come Straight with up, the bro. with the podcast game. Yeah, so this has been dope. Another episode completed. If you made it this far, like we said, I appreciate you. Much love to you and uh, Chris Searle. I thank you, brother, for coming through. Uh, but be sure to check out Chris Searle's uh, podcast. We got to support locals, so support. My name is Searle, Down the Pub podcast. Big things going on on the East Coast with the podcast game. Yours truly is coming out with music very soon. Maybe maybe something sooner than sooner than predicted, but uh stay tuned and uh till next time. Deuces. I can do it every week with my feet in the sand. I can do it someday. Why party at the end of the week when we can party